0: Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Thank you, Pastor Jonathan, for the privilege this morning of getting to share God's Word. Oftentimes when we get speakers, they will tell us about themselves. They will show us pictures of their family, their cute little kids. Some bad news this morning, I don't have that to show you. But what I will say is that I've been attending this church since 2006. I accepted Jesus into my life in 2007 in one of the offices in this church, and I was baptized in this church in 2007, and God is faithful, amen? God is faithful, and you might see me this morning, and I might use my hands a lot, and I think it has less to do with the fact that I'm Italian and more to do with the fact that I'm just excited, and I'm passionate, and I'm expecting. Did you come expecting this morning? Amen. You know, all things, all things, Today, all we have to do is turn on the news, and we're literally bombarded by all the bad news. The the latest shooting, the latest hurricane, the latest earthquake, the latest suicide. And we're surrounded by all of these bad things. And sometimes we might just sit back and be like, but how can God use all of that for good? Are, are, Are you going through a challenging situation? Like, have you ever felt... That whatever you did in a day just was not going your way? Like it was just a challenging day. Maybe you, you faced some conflict or maybe there was some opposition. A few weeks ago, Pastor Jonathan spoke an amazing message on the purpose of opposition. And, and he preached from James 1, to consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kind. For it's the testing of your faith that leads to Perseverance. A trial can be a person, a thing, or a situation that tests a person's endurance. What is testing your endurance this morning? Maybe you've had the best week, but maybe you've had a challenging week. You're not alone See, even God's faithful servants in the Bible had challenging days. See, we could look at the life of David. Okay, we all know the story of David and Goliath. And Goliath is this giant that no one wants to go up against. But here comes David, and he's bold, and he's courageous, and he's like, I will go fight Goliath. And King Saul, he responds with discouragement. He's like, you can't go fight Goliath. You're just a boy. And when, when King Saul changes his mind, because there's no other volunteers, he's like, here, wear my armor. Because to Saul, what David had, which was a slingshot and some stones, it just wasn't good enough. And then finally David is, is in front of Goliath, and he has to face threats and ridicule. Because Goliath says, what am I, a dog that you come at me with sticks? I will feed your flesh to the birds. Can you imagine being surrounded by all these voices? What, what giant might you be facing this morning? We, we could look at the life of Joseph. Joseph had this dream that he and his brothers were binding up sheaves of grain, and his sheaf stood taller than the others. And then he has another dream that the sun, moon, and 11 stars bow down. To him, And he shares his dream, and his brothers get jealous because it represents them. And they plot to kill him, but they decide to sell him instead, his own flesh and blood. And, and fast forward a little bit, and Joseph is now living in the house of his Egyptian master Potiphar. And the Bible says that Joseph is handsome and well-built. And so Potiphar's wife takes a liking to him. And let's just say she wants to be more than just friends. And Joseph, he flees the situation, but she's not happy. And you know what happens to Joseph? He ends up in prison. See, Joseph ended up in prison because of something he did right. Have you ever felt like you were being punished for something that you know you did right? You're not alone. We we could look at the life of Job, Job was blameless. He was upright in the sight of the Lord. And then there's this conversation that takes place between God and Satan. And Satan's like, well, of course Job is living this blameless life. No harm can come to him. And so God, he allows Job to be tested, and in this testing, Job loses everything, his children, property. He doesn't even have supportive friends, because all his friends can do is try to give him a reason for what he's going through, and their conclusion is that God punishes wrongdoing. Don't get me wrong, there is consequence to sin, but sometimes you might actually be going through a challenging situation, and it has nothing to do with sin, We could look at the life of Samson. Samson was a man of great strength, and his strength came from never cutting his hair. But he fell in love with this woman, Delilah, who we know to be deceitful, and she nags him, she nags him, she nags him some more. She wants to know the secret to his strength, and finally he gives in. He gives in, and he's like, no razor has ever touched my head. And what does she do? She cuts his hair. And what happens? He loses his strength. Have you ever faced temptation? We could, we could look at King Jehoshaphat. King Jehoshaphat had a vast army coming up against him, vast. He had the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. They were large in number. The army was bigger than his own. See, what might you be facing this morning that feels bigger than yourself? What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? See, they face opposition from King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar's like, if you don't bow down to this golden image, I'm going to throw you into the furnace. I'm going to throw you into the fire. Ha- have you ever faced opposition because of something you were unwilling to do because you knew it would go against what God was calling you to do? Those were all Old Testament. What about New Testament? There's Paul. We could look at the life of Paul alone. He was rejected. He was stoned. He was in prison more than once. He was shipwrecked. He was bit by a poisonous snake. You see, you're not alone this morning. You're not alone. But when we go through these challenging situations... How do we hold on to the hope that we have in Romans 8, 28? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You see, in order to take hold of this, in order to trust that God will work all things out, we need to know who God is. Do you know who God is this morning? Do you know his character? Do you know his nature? You see, when Moses led the Israelites from the land of Egypt, he led them out of slavery. The people ended up staying 40 years in the wilderness because of their sin and disobedience. I want to read from Exodus 32 this morning. You can turn there with me. We're going to start from verse 1. Exodus 32, starting at verse 1. If you're there, shout amen. (laughs) And if you're not, it's up on the screen behind me. Okay, verse 1. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron And said, come make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered, "'Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me.' So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol, cast it in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, "'These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt.'" You see, God did all these amazing things for the Israelites up until this point. Like, we saw Moses' staff turn into a snake. God sent the ten plagues to set the people free. God split the Red Sea so that people could walk on dry ground. They complained because they were hungry, and so God sent manna from heaven. And yet, when the Israelites faced some challenges or they felt Moses was just taking too long to come down from the mountain to provide the Lord's next steps. To provide the Lord's direction. They suddenly grew tired. They grew impatient. They started complaining. See, they forgot all God had done for them. They forgot all they could focus on was Moses was taking too long. So what did they do is they created an idol and they started worshiping it. See, they didn't get it. When we go through trials, what is our response? Do we forget all God has done for us? Do we forget how faithful he has been in leading us to where we are today? Do we complain? Do we grow impatient? Do we question God because we feel he's taking too long? Do we allow possessions to take the place of God? You see, do you know who God is this morning? God is all-powerful. He's all-powerful. There is nothing he cannot do. He can turn nothing into something. He is holy. He is righteous. He is sovereign. He is sovereign. God is in control. You see those moments where we don't understand why something is happening? Or those moments when we question why bad things happen to good people? God is in control, and he has a plan, and his plan is perfect. He is sovereign. He is ever-present. He is always with you. You see, when you go through those challenges, he is by your side, and he is giving you strength. We serve a just God. You see, if someone does you wrong, you don't have to worry because God will take care of it. He is merciful. The punishment that we deserve, we don't get. Instead, He chooses to bless us. He is immutable, He never changes. Do you believe that God is good? See, every good and perfect gift comes from God. God is good, He is the Lord who provides. He will send food from heaven if that's what he needs to do to get food on your table. I I heard this illustration, this story, um, and and I want to share it with you this morning. And and maybe some of you have heard this already. Maybe some of you haven't. But I thought it was worth sharing. And so there's these two people. And their neighbors, okay. And there's this woman, and um, this woman, she's God fearing. She's a Christian, and she lives next door to this man, and, and he's an atheist. And um, every day around the same time, this woman she opens the windows to her house, and she just starts praising Jesus. She's like, "Praise you, Jesus! You are good. You are sovereign. You are merciful. You are good." And around the same time, the man, he goes, and he closes all the windows in his house because he's like, I do not want to be hearing this. But one day, one day she, she opens all the windows, and, and she starts praising Jesus, and she starts praying, and, and I guess this man was just a little late in closing the windows, and, and so he's, he's listening to her prayer, and she's like, thank you, Jesus. You are good, but, but Lord, I, just, I don't know where my next meal is, is going to come from. And so this man, he's like, okay, I'm going to show her. He goes to the store. He buys her a grocery bag. He brings it to her front door. He knocks on the door, and as he's walking away, she opens the door, and she, she sees all this food, and she's like, oh, praise you, Jesus. And he's like, what? He's like, no, 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 it wasn't Jesus. It was me. And so she just, she looked at him, and then she raised her hands to heaven, and she said, Thank you, Jesus, for providing for me and using the devil to do it. (laughs) He will provide for you. Do you know that he is our protector? Have you ever wondered how many car accidents you might have gotten into if you didn't leave five minutes late? You have a shield of protection around you. He is the God of peace. Obedience brings peace. Peace is not tied to circumstance. Peace is being at rest when you're in the middle of a storm. You see, Jesus, he was asleep on a boat in the middle of a storm. He is the God of peace. He is the Lord who heals. He is the Lord who heals sickness and disease does not belong in the body of a believer. God is so much greater. God is higher. Natalie, Joya is going to have a full recovery in Jesus' name. She will. Do you believe it? He is healer. You see, the Israelites, they needed more than being rescued from Israel. No, they needed to be rescued from their sin so that they could come into fellowship with God. <laughs> Do you know that God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, his only son, to die on the cross for you, for me. Jesus came and he died on the cross. For us, Jesus paid our debt, what we deserved, which was death. Jesus got. But here's the thing there's a difference between knowing who God is up here, head knowledge, and knowing who God is in here with your heart. There's a difference. What is the difference? I'm so glad you asked. The difference. Is knowing who God is in your heart, it makes things personal. You see, yeah, the Lord, he provides. He's done it for my friends. I see him doing it all around me. But do you believe that as he does it for them, he will do it for you? You see, I know the Lord heals. We've heard testimonies in this church, praise God, of people healed. But do you believe that he will heal you? You see, knowing who God is in your heart says, he is the Lord who heals. And I walk out in my healing. And I believe that by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. It makes things personal. And so to trust that God works all things out for good, we need to know who God is. But it doesn't end there. No, we need to know who we are in Christ. I'm going to stick with Moses this morning. He, he, the Israelites, they, they come out of Egypt. And now Moses is like, okay, I'm going to send 12 spies to go check out the land of Canaan. Now, the land of Canaan is the promised land. It's the land that God promised the Israelites he would give them. And so these 12 spies, they go. And for 40 days, they, they, they scout out the land And uh, we're going to read from Numbers 13, a few verses from Numbers 13. Turn there with me. We're going to start at verse 27. So these, these 12 spies, after 40 days, they come back, and this is what happens. Verse 27, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. But, oh that word, but the people who live there are powerful And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hadites, Jubasites, Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But... The men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Wow. Wow. You know, I wanted to read this this morning because there's two very different reports. I don't know if you noticed. But there's two completely different reports. You see, Caleb, and if you keep reading in numbers, you find out that another one of the 12 spies is Joshua. And so Caleb and Joshua, they have this good report. And Caleb's like, we can do this. Let's go take possession of the land, not just any land. The land God said he would give us. Let's go. But, but then 10 of the 12 spies, they have this negative report. You know, if, if we pay attention to the way people speak around us, most people have a negative perspective. 10 of the 12 spies, they're like, we can't. We can't. The land devours those living in it. The people living there are more powerful. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. See, what words do you let come from your mouth? Because there's power in our words. And if we know who God is, and we know who we are in Christ, then things like, I can't do this, should not even be part of our vocabulary, no matter how big the giant is, and no matter how much more powerful the opposition might seem. You see, what we say reflects who we are. Only Caleb and Joshua actually step into the promised land. Did you know that? They're the only two. See, do do you know who you are in Christ? Do you know who you are in Christ? See, God, he sent his son, Jesus, to die on that cross. And on that cross, sin was nailed to it. Sickness was nailed to it. You see... Jesus paid the debt. And when a debt is paid once, it doesn't have to be paid again. Like, can you imagine paying off your mortgage and then the month later, they're like, oh, you missed your payment. You're like, no, I paid that debt. Jesus paid the debt. So when we have repented, when we have surrendered everything to Jesus, when we have accepted him as Lord and Savior of our life, we now get to experience all that he is. That means we get to live in supernatural health. We get to live with supernatural provision. We get to live with peace in our daily walk with God. But to access the power of God, you need to know who you are in Christ, you need to know where you are seated. See, Ephesians 2.6 says we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Did you know that as a child of God, you are a joint heir with Christ? Did you know that you are more than a conqueror? through Christ. You see, you're not a grasshopper. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I don't know if there's someone here this morning and you don't feel good enough or someone has told you that you're not good enough, but I want to tell you this morning that God thinks you are valuable and he calls you his masterpiece. And maybe you're here this morning and you think you don't have what it takes to do this life, to do what God is calling you to do. But I want to encourage you this morning that God equips those he calls. And so if he is leading you to something, he will see you through it. He will open up doors that need to be open and he will shut the doors that need to be shut. But we have to stop speaking discouragement. We have to stop putting ourselves down. We have to stop listening to everyone's opinions. We have to stop listening to all the voices that surround us but really narrow in on the one voice that calls us his own. You see, you are above and not beneath. You are the head and not the tail. And so you, we, we have to speak life Even if we feel something different. And should you mess up? Should you fall? Should you sin? Don't let it keep you down. Don't let shame keep you from running to God. Now hear me this morning. I'm not talking about habitual sin because anyone born of God does not continue to sin. But I'm talking about those moments of weakness. May conviction lead to repentance and drawing closer to God. You see, even Peter denied Christ, but he didn't let it stop him from doing what he was called to do. And and if there is habitual sin in your life, we'll get rid of it. You heard it time and time again from this platform: get rid of sin before sin gets rid of you. And so, so take to take hold of this promise, to trust that God will work all things out. We need to know who God is. And we need to know who we are in Christ. And we need to accept the reality that the battle has already been won. It's already been won. Okay, we have to keep our eyes on, on Jesus. Because when we move our eyes, that's when we begin to sink. But if you know who you are and you know who you are in Christ, then our perspective can only be that of Christ. You see, perspective perspective is how you view what you see. You see, these 12 spies who went to go check out the land of Canaan, they saw the same thing. But they viewed it differently. You see, 10 spies, all they could do was focus on the the size of the other people and their strength. But Caleb and Joshua, they focused on the promise of God. You see, there will always be two ways of looking at a situation, but only one That reflects that of a believer because as a believer we tap in to the supernatural the supernatural is actually natural for a believer and and as we tap in to the supernatural we have the ability we have the ability to look at any situation and see it as an opportunity An opportunity to see God do the impossible. I don't know about you this morning, but I want God to do the impossible. You see, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory because Jesus defeated sin, death, and the grave. And Jesus lives within you. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how big that giant might seem. Because when your eyes are on Jesus, you can't lose. You can't. And oftentimes, he will come in and work in your situation when you have exhausted all other options. Because then will you know that it was him who worked all things out. You see, you couldn't do it in your own strength. You couldn't, but God came in and He took care of it for you. He provided that job for you. He healed you. He's giving you strength. He's giving you peace. You see, what we expect, we experience. Are you expecting this morning? And what are you expecting? You see, with Jesus, we win every time. How do I know this? How do I know this? Because Romans 8, 28 tells me that in all things, he works for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You see, let's break this verse down a little bit. And we know, we know this. It's common knowledge to the believer we have this assurance that nothing can touch us unless it first passes through the hand of God. We know this, and we know that all things, that means there's no restrictions, there's no limitations, the good and the bad. You see, what the devil intended to harm you with, God can use it for his glory because he works all things they, they work together, the various elements working together because it's all part of his plan. And it all works for good. You see, we are surrounded by so much good in this world. Some, some things we take for granted. Like, all I have to do is think about my trip to Honduras. And I'm like, oh my goodness, we have paved roads. We have indoor plumbing. We have A.C. All the things we take for granted. We are surrounded by so much good in this world, and then when one bad thing happens, or we're stuck in traffic, it is the end of the world. But if we can accept all the good things that God has given us, then can't we trust him in those moments where we don't understand something? You see, this verse, it it doesn't say that all things are good. No, it says he works all things for good. And it's it's for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You see this this promise? This promise is not for everybody. It's not. It's for those who love God. And the second part of those who are called according to his purpose that's from God's perspective because we are called and appointed according to his purpose but this verse is for those who love God this is for those who have chosen to identify themselves with Christ hear me this morning God excludes no one it is people who exclude themselves from choosing not to believe, from choosing not to surrender, from choosing not to love God. But God excludes no one. I started this morning by going through many different challenges that biblical figures went through, but I purposely left out the conclusions because I'm coming back to it now. You see, David, he defeats Goliath. He defeats him. Joseph, he's put in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Job, he's completely restored. He gets double, he gets more wealth. He has 10 children, he lives to a ripe age. Samson, his final work was a statement of victory because God is the God of second chances. And I don't know who needs to hear that this morning, but if you are here, it is not too late to surrender to Jesus. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but in this moment, it is not too late. He is the God of second chances. King Jehoshaphat, he's victorious. He doesn't even lift a finger. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, oh, they're thrown into the furnace, but they come out and they don't even smell like smoke because that is the God that we serve, Paul Paul uses every opportunity. See, in Philippians 1.12, he says, everything that I went through has actually helped to advance the gospel. You see, Paul, he was in prison, but guess what? The jailer and the jailer's family give their heart to Jesus. Paul was shipwrecked on Malta, but guess what? Every sick person on that island was healed in the name of Jesus. This is the God that we serve. So, yes... God works all things out. He can use the setbacks. He can use the disappointments. He can use the things that we sometimes try to avoid. But through the good and through the bad, can you praise him? Can you praise him when your heart is breaking? Can you praise him when you're overwhelmed by frustration? You see, don't miss out what God is doing as you move from A to B. Don't lower your theology to match your pain or your experience. We need to hold tightly to who God is. We need to declare daily who we are as a child of God. I am above and not beneath. I am a child of God. I am healed. No harm can come to me. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Know who you are in Christ and then be confident that the battle, the battle has already been won. Jesus did it. He did it. As Pastor Jonathan comes back up, I want to leave you with one quote. It's from Jonathan Shuttlesworth. It is normal to be challenged. It is unscriptural to be defeated. It is normal to be challenged. It is unscriptural to be defeated. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.